Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. All right, good morning. You guys hear me all right? Blake always tells me I move furniture around every time I get up here. It's not going to be any different. All right. Wow. Wow. We are in a tent. How cool is that? Right? It feels a little bit more comfortable this week. And uh, we don't have to worry about... Now, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the whole time we had our tent situation on the stage, we couldn't stand in the light. Did you, you, you may not have known this, but the video guys are like, they're, they're working hard to make it work so we can, if we're going to stand in the light, they have to do adjustments and stuff. And so I'm excited because I get to stand up here and it's okay because it hasn't been for us. We've been having to stand back here, which feels a little bit funny when you're underneath that tent and stuff. So I'm like, great. I get to uh, break the ice on the new, the new building, quote unquote. So we are here. If you want to turn to... Uh, I'm going to have you turn to somewhere. Matthew 16. We'll get there in just a second. Um, oh, great. We're doing great on time. Good. Well, I'm stoked to uh, be sharing with you guys this morning. Um, I feel there's been a lot of stuff going on, just getting stirred up prophetically, getting stirred up in the spirit. Um, there's been a lot of, like, just revelation dreams, um, uh, prophetic words. Anybody else experiencing anything like that? Like you're feeling like there's a lot of activity lately, yeah? Um, and obviously, you know, we've had a, just a gnarly couple years, but um, uh, just feel like there's just been this surge of like prophetic activity happening in the spirit. And uh, we're hearing that Lindy's having dreams all the time. She shared another one this morning, and you guys know as she shared dreams, just the prophetic significance and the direction that comes from them is so uh, valuable. But um, yeah, there's just been a lot of activity in the spirit. And, and uh, even yesterday, I was just thinking, like I've been getting stirred up a lot in the last week or so. Um, and I was thinking, man, I got like probably a couple different avenues that I can go and what I was going to share this morning because there was so much activity, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, wow, there's so much going on. We can grab this. I'm getting inspired by that. And, and then, uh, but none of it was really like feeling like that's where I was going to go. And then last, yesterday evening, probably, um, um, I just felt these, this, I felt this word drop in my spirit. And I don't, I don't know, it won't be probably like a traditional word. Like it's not a word of the Lord or now word. I feel like it's going to be a little bit more of a practical edge. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I was, um, how many of you guys all listen to Chris Valentin, Bill Johnson? You guys like to listen to the podcast, Sermon of the Week and stuff? So a couple of weeks ago, um, I actually got a prophetic word. Like someone sent me a prophetic word. And, and in the prophetic word, it was talking about um, this Malachi mandate. You guys heard that message? And so it was talking about this Malachi mandate. And I was like, okay. And it just really good prophetic word. Um, not normal. Like I don't see this person a lot. So it kind of came out of the blue. And I didn't know what it was referencing. I hadn't heard any, anything about a message. And then, so that, I think that was one day. And then like the next day, like the next evening, um, someone came to me and would start talking to me again about this Malachi word. And, and I was like, okay, this is kind of strange. 
and I think I'd seen a post from Chris referencing it. So I was like, okay, something's on. So, so I actually got on and started listening to it. So I want to encourage you guys just to, from the start, if you haven't heard the word, it was a couple weeks ago, Chris Valentin released a message called the Malachi Mandate. And, um, and so I, I just started listening to that and, and man, I just started shooting. This is where I started really kind of getting like, oh, the Lord's doing something. Um, this is re- kind of reminiscent of a word, uh, probably I think four years ago, Chris released a word about the Kairos moment. I don't know if you all remember that, but um, it felt like that kind of weightiness, like it was very much a significant big C church word, and if not world word, right? So sometimes you get those words. Sometimes it's like, okay, there's a word for us at Bethel Atlanta. Sometimes it's like, oh, this is the word for the body. felt like this is like a global word, like something very significant was happening. So I really encourage you guys to listen to it if you haven't. And so I'm listening to that, and then as I've been, I've been just chewing through this, and I can just keep hearing as I'm listening, like, there's more in the spirit that's happening and being released than I'm actually picking up right now. You guys ever have those moments? So I'm listening and, and I just keep chewing and keep chewing and keep chewing. And if you're not familiar with it, um, you know, the, the, the Malachi mandate word, uh, I'll just read it to you real quick. Um, it's in Malachi, believe it or not. It's also referenced in the New Testament, but I just realized this morning, it's the last two verses in the whole Old Testament. Is this wild? It's the last words of the Old Testament. Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I'll not come and smite the land with a curse. And so then, then the next, the next, that's the last verse of the Old Testament. And the next thing on the stage is, is John the Baptist shows up in the spirit of Elijah. Like an angel shows up to his dad, whoever his dad is, right? Like, for, forgive me. <laughs> shows up to his dad and says, hey, here is the spirit of Elijah is coming through your son, John. And he will restore the hearts of the fathers back to the sons and sons back to the fathers. And so the very next scene, if you will, right? If you go with me on that is John showing up in the New Testament hundreds and hundreds of years later. So it's pretty fascinating. So as I'm just like, uh, that's the word, right? The, 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 the spirit of Elijah will come and return, restore the hearts of the fathers and back to the children and children back to the fathers. So that's this word about the Malachi mandate. I'm not, I'm not here to talk about the Malachi mandate so much. That's, I just kind of wanted to give you some context of what the Lord was just stirring up. And so, um, so then I listened to this message and chewing through this message. And, and all the while, what's kind of interesting is I get this, I, I get this text, right, about the prophetic word. Chris releases this word right in the middle of school of ministry. We're teaching about apostolic family. Like that's kind of our stretch right now. Over a couple, three weeks, uh, we're talking about sonship, talking about apostolic family. And so I'm doing like three or four different messages, more than that because of the three different years. But anyway, we're not doing math right now. (laughs) And so here, here we are, like, I'm in the middle of talking about this, and then this word shows up. And it's, I think it's something Chris has been having on his heart for quite a while. So it's not like, you know, all of a sudden this is out of the blue. It's been, it's, he's released this a while ago. But, but he, so something really significant is happening in this moment, and it's happening as it's getting stirred up in me. I'm like, okay, this is the context of what we are discussing currently is family. And we know we've talked about family here, that we're a family uh, we're a family who are seen and known, that are developing a culture where we have intimacy, where we let people in to see who we are, vulnerability, transparency, right? 
that, that, that we're kind of developing this culture here that one of the things we said earlier this year was we want to have a culture of discipleship, like where we're seen and known. To the same degree, we want to have a culture of worship. And we have a culture of worship, amen? And so it's like what, what we want the, a culture of discipleship to that same degree or that same caliber. And so this is just kind of like, it feels like a, like a, um, uh, just a crossroads, if you will, or like a culmination, like everything's just starting to cross at one, at one spot, like an intersect. And, and so a, as I was just stirring in me, I'm like, yesterday evening, I was thinking, oh, I think it'd be important we talk about what it looks like to be a father. It also might be important that we talk about what it looks like to be a son. And fathers and mothers, sons and daughters, so if I exclude you, it's not, important. It's not on purpose, I'm including you in my head, okay? You guys good with that, right? The saying, if we can be the bride, you can be a son, that's it, right? So, um, so yeah, as I was just thinking, that's where I feel like this message is going to be a little bit more of the practical side, but, but in it, I feel like it's important because how many of you all know we all have fathers and mothers in the room, right? I hope, because you're here. <laughs> Still don't really an answer, but right? Like, how many of you guys have a mom and a dad? Right? Everybody should raise their hand, right? Whether, whether they're present, whether they're here still, uh, but, or whether you had them around or not. We all had a mom and a dad at some point, right? I don't know my biological father, but I still have. He's still there, right? He, I had a dad. And so we all have moms and dads. Like, we all have parents. Um, and it's important to talk about what fatherhood and sonship looks like because we're going to associate this conversation when it says the spirit of Elijah is coming to release the hearts, return the hearts of the fathers back to the sons, sons back to the fathers. We're going to associate that with our fathers and our mothers. You guys tracking? Okay, are you sure? Don't get too comfortable because we're in a tent. Okay, you can't get too comfortable and go to sleep. No, Dave wanted to pull out the bean bags. I'm like, I don't know. We can't do that yet. <laughs> you, you, you guys tracking what I'm saying? Like, we are, are your understanding, your family of origin, your grid, if you will, your way of you see life, your worldview, your perspective, right, is going to be the lens you're looking through will be your experience with a father or a mother or lack thereof, Right? And so when we start talking about God the Father, who are we thinking? He's going to look like my dad. And is that accurate? No, he's going to be much better, even if you had the best dad. <laughs> or you had the best mom. He'll still be better. As Jen says, we get a C. We get a 70 in our best day, in our best effort as a parent, which is real hard for me to handle. But... <laughs> <laughs> But like, he's going to be better, right? The, God the Father is going to be better than what our understanding of uh, fathers and mothers or our experience of fathers and mothers or perspective of that is. And so it's important we start kind of unpacking, what does it look like? Because if there's a mandate, and I feel like what's interesting is I'm even hearing this message, I'm like, this isn't new. <laughs> the spirit of Elijah came when Jesus was here. This has been happening for some time. And it's almost like, oh, I, we might want to get our stuff together <laughs> and figure out what this looks like for us to, to be fathers and mothers in a, in a kingdom movement that are raising sons and daughters. 
that are all in the likeness of Christ. Because we're going to start painting a picture of something we've, A, have never experienced or have experienced pieces of. We're also going to paint a picture of things that we can't do. And so for us to even be able to see it first and then experience it from God the Father is going to begin to start the transformation process in us that we can then behave like the Father that we have become a son to. You guys tracking? But we got to get a, a picture of this. And, you know, if you've, if you've come in uh, to, to an environment where you start talking family and God the Father, and he's a good, good God, he's a good father, he's got good things for his kids, like that begins to radically shift our perspective of what our experience has been, right? Like if most of us probably have an experience of like God the Father is like, you know, sitting behind a, 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 a thing with a gavel ready to like, you know, bring down justice on you because you did something wrong. Or he's, he, he might be ready to, to smite you, you know, which might be just a smack in the back of the head, right? <laughs> Depending on what your dad was like, right? That, that's like, this is going to be my perspective of God just waiting, waiting to punish me so that I can do it right. You guys, you guys good? I know this is what we all experience. Some of us may have a may like, oh, I don't know, this doesn't feel too good, but it's okay. It's okay. Because if we can't look at it, we won't be able to grow through it. And I think the beauty of hearing words of the Lord, rhema words of the Lord, is that when we hear a rhema word, we hear the grace to walk it out. And the grace is the divine influence upon our heart. It's giving us an ability that we didn't have before. And so the beauty of what's being stirred is, while we may have pain when it comes to talking about family or fathers or mothers or sons and daughters, there's a, I wanna encourage you, there's a grace, a divine influence that's tangible, that's gonna empower you to walk through this and walk this out, even if it's hard, okay? So we gotta start talking a little bit about what does it look like then? So um, obviously God the Father, and I wanna say this, like we, 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 we can talk about it, I can't teach it. We can talk about it to give us some like eyes into, into things that we hadn't seen, but it's the experience of a good father that's going to cause us to become like him. And so I want to encourage you, like, like when we start talking about a good father, like we start talking about some attributes. If I want to encourage you, if you don't know these attributes of God the Father himself, he's inviting you into an encounter to know these attributes through experience, not head knowledge. And we, we're going to unpack not just God the Father, but even spiritual fathers and mothers. That is the mandate. The, the, the spirit of Elijah is returning the hearts of sons back to the fathers, fathers back to the sons, that this is a spiritual father and spiritual mother thing that will take place. And a lot of your healing with fathers and mothers' wounds is going to come from some people sitting around you. Because there's fathers and mothers around you. And a lot of my healing came because I had spiritual fathers that would pour into me and, and were, were, were bringing me healing to wounds. In some cases, I thought I, took, I already took care of. And then realizing I had massive deficits because I didn't have a father present in this fashion in my life. 
And now this spiritual father is pouring into me and I'm becoming uh, uh, softened and, and where I was calloused and now I'm actually getting healing. And so I wanna encourage you as we begin to unpack this, like this is an invitation for us all to go on a journey to begin to experience fathers and mothers in a way we never have. Because there's a word that says the, 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 the uh, uh, spirit of Elijah is sweeping the globe to return the hearts of the fathers back to sons and daughters and sons and daughters back to fathers and mothers. Okay, you going with me? So our, obviously our perfect example is gonna be God the Father. And who do we have best that mirrors or represents that but Jesus? And he didn't say that he is the uh, image or the uh, mirror of uh, the Father himself. So we're gonna read this little story. Uh, we'll kind of unpack a few things and then I really wanna get into um, just talking about some attributes and, and qualities of what fathers and mothers and sons and daughters do. So Matthew 16, 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesar, Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And some say, they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, but still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, well, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of, H of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then he warned the disciples they should tell no one about that he was the Christ. So this is a big highlight moment for, for Peter, right? Yes, anybody else who say this? You got, I will need an answer. Yeah, you guys good with that? So like, this is, a, I, I teach in schools most of the time, which has more interactions. So you got to work with me, okay? So this is a, like a major highlight moment. I mean, you talk about knock it out of the park, like the right answer at the right time, at the right moment. And then Jesus like, not only well done, but guess what I'm going to do with you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build my church on you. And then I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. So then the next story, <laughs> the next verse, from that time, Jesus showed his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and he's got to suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and, and be killed and raised up on the third day. And Peter took him aside. Hey, Jesus, I, <laughs> I think you're missing it on this one. Right, we're paraphrasing, right? right? He's like, he pulls him aside and he says, hey, ah, God forbid, this should never happen to you. And then Jesus turns to him and says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me for you are not setting your mind on the God's interest, but man's. So we got a handful of things going on in this, just a handful of verses, right? I think what I wanna like extrapolate from the story is, what's taking place, not so much the content as much as what's taking place. First and foremost, um, when he asks the question, who, who do you say I am? And, and Peter says, well, you're the Christ. He says, not only does he say, yes, you're right, but then he actually calls him up and says, now I'm gonna build my church on you. Not only are you right, but let me tell you more. 
I'm gonna build my church on you. Here's what I'm going to give you. And then here's how I'm going to give you to, here's what I'm going to give you to do it. The keys to the kingdom to carry it out. You see, a father is empowering. And not only does he call him up, a father calls him up, but he also is empowering. He goes, you're going to need these keys though. So I'm also going to give you the keys to carry out what it is. It's not just about freedom. That's amazing, Peter. Go rock it. Why don't you change the world? No, no, no. He says, no, I change the world, but I'm going to give you the ability to do so. So we're seeing some pictures of what, you know, is Jesus being a mirror to the father, what Jesus is doing in in terms of representing what a father looks like in empowering and and inviting in his sons around him. Now, what's really powerful is the very next thing is Peter pulls them aside. If you got to think about this, the very fact that there's an environment around Jesus that Jesus can be confronted Can we think about this for a second? Remember, we're talking about what fathers look like because Jesus is the mirror of it. You see, Jesus created an environment. He had to have, otherwise Peter wouldn't have felt the permission to even ask him, pull him aside. And then to give him (laughs) feedback (laughs) that was less than accurate. Jesus must have created an environment where it was safe to do so. See, we're talking about fathers here. Fathers and mothers that create an environment where it's safe for someone to come in, give feedback that could be inherently wrong. I mean, completely wrong. Now, the next thing Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Wait a minute. He was just going to build his church on him and gave him the keys to the kingdom to do it. Now is get behind me, Satan. You don't know what spirit you're of. Did Peter leave? Oh, missed that one. No, he adjusted. You see, now we're getting a little picture of what it looks like to be sons. I mean, I don't know about you, but if we were to ever to receive feedback like that from a leader in our life, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you don't know what spirit you were of. <laughs> I don't know that we'd be around. <laughs> but, but this didn't come out of the blue. This came out of years of experience and history with Jesus. When you're with them at that kind of caliber, day in, day out, you're seen and known. There's a connection, there's intimacy, there's relationship. Jesus is pulling on a relationship that has a very strong cord and Peter went with him. Because there was a connection there, didn't tear when he said, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) And so we see this picture of what it looks like to be a son, but we also see this picture of what it looks like to be a father in that Jesus not only said, I'll build my church, here's the keys, get behind me, Satan. He also built his church and gave him the keys. Regardless. Because the son went with him when it came time to correction. Jesus isn't afraid 
A father's not afraid of you failing. Because if you're a son, you'll go with him in terms of, in time when it's time for correction. So we just get this little picture uh, in this, just this one story, one excerpt. Read, read the Gospels, right? There's more. But we get this one little excerpt-like picture of a father and a son interacting through success and failure and the connection maintaining and probably growing stronger even because this is the nature of what takes place when there's confrontation and, con and correction, isn't it? Now, when we start unpacking this, like you guys we gotta be aware, we have a perspective, we have a lens of what fathering and mothering looks like and this is gonna radically shock that perspective. Because when we start talking about how Jesus operates, we start talking about what it looks like to be a father or son in the kingdom, we are talking about a perfect picture, which we're not. But it does something, it gives us eyes to see of something that is possible, something that we can aspire to, something that's inviting us to have an encounter Father, I want an encounter. I want to encounter you as a father like that, that when I blow it, you're there to pull me up and guide me along, and I will go. I will follow. As a son, I will respond to maintain the connection with you when you bring, oh, conviction? Oh, that's how that works. When there's conviction, it's the Holy Spirit bringing us up. It's Jesus pulling, saying, hey, Whoa, slow down, not there. And if we can paint this picture of what a son would do, then it gives us an invitation to how to behave when that moment happens for us. Will I respond to the father the way Peter responded to Jesus and maintain connection when the father says, not here, here. Not that thought, this thought. You guys doing okay? Okay. So, so there we go. We see that there's, there's a, a, a beautiful verse in Corinthians that just talks about this, this picture. Again, we, just, we get to read and see the in, interaction that's taking place with the people on the pages. And so Paul is talking to the Corinthians, but he says this to them. He says, if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have had many fathers. For in Christ, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I exhort you, be imitators of me, just like sons do with their fathers, right? For this reason, I have sent you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. And he will remind you of my ways in which uh, are in Christ. Now, I, I, again, I'm just like pulling a few pieces to get a picture of some people's interaction. So we're getting a picture into how the apostles functioned in, in, with, in this case, it's the Corinthians and with Timothy, that he's like, I'm a spiritual father, father to y'all. He said, y'all, <laughs> right? I'm a spiritual father to all y'all, but I have a spiritual son that I'm going to send you so that he can teach you and guide you in the ways of the, of the father. Now he's sending his son to be a, father. And, and what we're doing is we're able to get this picture of this family thing isn't, isn't new. This is actually how it was. And when we start like getting our head around family and fathers and mothers and sons and daughters and sonship and all the things, 
there, there's a key, an invitation to something, and it's likely the wineskin that God wants to use to pour himself out on the earth. Come to school of ministry, we'll talk more about that. <laughs> so I want to talk, spend some time just talking about what it looks like to be sons, daughters, fathers, and mothers. Um, I'm in a, <clears throat> I was in a school ministry, a school discipleship back home. Chris Valentin was there. We were talking about fathers, mothers, sonship, stuff like that. One of the students asked this question. He said, how do I find a spiritual father? And Chris Valentin answered the question um, with another question, of course. He said, uh, first you gotta ask, are you an orphan? And, and, he, and he said it like this, orphans, they're not teachable, they're not correctable, and they're not uh, uh, influenceable. And so that started my brain like spinning on like, oh, that means sons are teachable, influenceable, correctable. We start talking about this stuff, it gets a little bit strange, right? Justin's laughing, he's laughing, <laughs> everyone's like, it is strange. It can be strange because now you can get into the, the weird perversion, the wrong version of fathering or mothering or leading and where it's manipulative. But remember, we're not talking about the wrong version. We're talking about a picture of how the father functioned and how Jesus modeled. We're talking about a perfect picture. Imagine if father, fathers and mothers, sons, daughters were different than what we've seen the wrong version happen before. Can we imagine that for, give me 20 minutes and let's imagine that, okay? That sonship is influence, being influenceable, teachable, and uh, correctable. That, that, that like Peter just, he was corrected and he still maintained connection. He was able to be influenced. He was able to be taught. I mean, literally the word disciple means learned one. Like one who learns. <laughs> and in order for us to learn, if you think about this, in order for us to learn, like there has to be a posture of I'm opening up and allowing myself to be influenced, right? Who will we be disciples of? Because we are learning and being influenced by somebody or something. Will we allow ourselves to be, be sons or be led or be influenced or seen and known by people we trust or just people that sound good or great speakers? <laughs> will we trust them because they're great speakers or will we trust them because there's something in the spirit that's happening? And this would be the challenge that, you know, when we're talking about fathers, mothers, leaders, uh, something Jesus walked in was when he said, come follow me, they weren't following him because he was a great speaker that he was charismatic. They weren't following him because he did great things. They hadn't even seen anything yet. No, there was a spiritual to spirit to spirit, as Paul would say, we don't use words as in human, human wisdom, with human wisdom, but spiritual thoughts combining to spiritual words. There's a spiritual transaction that's taking place when Jesus says, come follow me, something burned inside of them and they left everything they knew to follow him. And at that point, they became sons to be influenceable, teachable, correctable, and be brought up in the ways of the Lord, if you will, to be disciples under a rabbi 
to be brought up in the ways of the Lord so that when they get older and go, they don't only, not only do they not depart from it, but that ceiling became their floor. And the disciples went on to do greater works. You see, it's all in the picture, it's all in the pages. There's no difference today, except we have our own experience. And I've been hurt. And that's real. But what if? What, what if it can be different? How would I respond to not only the Father, but what I hear the spirit to spirit thing happening? Will I respond? in such a way that I too can be experiencing what sonship and fathers and mothers pouring and investing in me, raising me up in the way I should go and then being sent to do the works of the ministry. Does this not sound familiar? Is this possible for us? Can we do this? Definitely not hitting that time. <laughs> All right, what I really wanna talk about. They're influenceable, teachable, correctable. Uh, sons receive feedback and they adjust. Sons ask questions. They ask for help. Sons and daughters, right? Both. They ask questions. They ask for help. Vulnerable, transparent, and authentic. We're painting a picture of what it would look ideally, yeah? They're confident and secure. Did you know fathers bring security and identity? Like good, healthy fathers bring security and identity. I know who I am. I'm secure. I can be confident in that. Sons and daughters, they grow. They have a floor that was their parents' ceiling. They're building off of it, yeah? They're leadable. They respond. They're confrontable. They're repentant. We're all sons and daughters. Will we be in such a way that if Jesus confronts us, will we change the way we think? Will we repent? Will we, will we actually adjust to confrontation? Will we shift our behaviors or shift our beliefs or shift our actions based on how the Father is leading us? Like, will we do this? Because if we can get really good at doing this with God the Father, and then turn and do this with spiritual fathers and mothers around us, I know it sounds scary. We got a whole list of whys. But if we can do this, I promise you, it's a, it's a picture of what we're being invited into that God wants to release the wine of heaven through the structure of family. Leif Hetland has been saying it for several years. The next big uh, revival, kingdom revival, will come through family. This is what it looks like to be family. It looks like us actually doing this. So, you know what it looks like to be a father or a mother? All of that. All of that the same. Because a really good father and mother, again, we're painting a good picture over here, okay? This is like the perfect picture, right? A really good father and a mother are gonna be sons and daughters to that fashion and sons and daughters to someone. That they're influenceable, teachable, correctable. They're repentant, they're confrontable, they're empowered, they're 
uh, walking on someone's floor. Those are the types of... Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. So fathers and mothers, we, we train a child up in the way they should go. We invest in them, empower them. We mine the gifts and talents that are in their life. You know, we start talking about this, and it's not really new news, is it? It's like if we all parents in here, there's a bunch of parents in here, do we not want the best for our kids? Do we not want them to see, see them go where we haven't gone, do what we haven't done, experience what we haven't experienced? We lay our life down so that they can go. Could you imagine a spiritual father that did that for you? Yeah, I, I could feel it in the room. There's a tangible block to be able to transfer that image to the, an experience with spiritual fathers and mothers. I can feel it in the room. Whew. But I promise you, not only is it available, I am a fruit of it. Like I have experienced this. So is it not in the natural, we wanna raise our kids up. Don't we mind the talents and gifts that are in their life? We're like raising them up, but we're looking. What's in them? What's on them? What are they going after? What's the gifts that are on them? What are these talents? I have a son and a daughter and they're vastly different. Different talents, different uh, gifts, different uh, uh, interests. You know, Jocelyn growing up, she's, she's gonna be a journalist since age five. So she's still, she's still there. She's doing it, right? She's like, Josiah, not so much. He's just like on this journey and just exp exploring like the things that are in. And I just get to find those things. And, and then like, okay, well, let's throw this at you. Let's throw that at you. And so like we've had words about Jocelyn being a worshiper since she was in the womb. And uh, a few, like we bought guitars for her. She, not, you know, nothing ever really like clicked. It was like, okay. So we just kind of let it go and, a couple of years ago, she started getting interested in guitar. I was like, oh, okay. So I showed her a few chords. She comes back to me with like knowing songs. I'm like, wow, okay, great. So I'm gonna put some time, energy, resources, money. I'm putting effort toward this. I'm mining the gifts and the talents that are in my kids. And we buy her a cheap guitar and she's like shredding that thing. Like growing and learning and playing and and so then this year of her birthday, a couple years later, I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy her a nice guitar now because she's, she's, she's investing in her talent. And so I'll buy her a nice guitar. You see, I'm going to put, as a dad, I'm going to put resources. I'm not just going to say, be amazing and give you freedom. I'm going to empower you and give you what you need to get there. Yeah, be a musician, but let me train you. Let me help you. Let me empower you. Let me give you what you need as you grow in what it is to be a musician. And as she's growing, if she's going to be a son and a daughter, she's going to need to be influenceable to grow. Dad, can you show me how to play this? Yeah. Okay, listen to it. Figure out the licks. Here you go. She goes, oh, great. This is great. I'm like, hey, have you practiced your scales? No, no, no scales. I'm like, oh, wait, if you know your scales, then what they're doing on the guitar would make sense. A couple of months later, hey, can you show me how to play this? And figure it out, like, have you practiced your scales? Nah, I don't want to do the scales, Dad. I'm like, okay, but if you know your scales, then you'll be able to figure this out on your own because what they're doing would make sense. You see, a father's still going to be influencing, teaching, 
correcting, guiding, investing. We're talking about good, healthy fathers and sonship in such a way that they begin to come back to me and say, I worked on my scales this week. <laughs> good. I know it's not fun, but trust me, you'll be really glad you did it later because I can see things as a father that you can't see. You see, we need people in our lives, spiritual fathers and mothers that can see things that we can't see. We need that in our lives. And not only do we need it in our lives, we need to be adjustable to it. Fathers and mothers, they, 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 they also are building their floor, so that, or their ceiling, so that their kids can stand on their floor. It becomes their floor. They're the biggest fans of their kids. They're the ones that champion them. They're the ones that call them up and call them out. They're not afraid of the failure. They get to pick them up and dust them off and send them on the way as they begin to grow in, in, in figuring out how to ride a bike, <laughs> right? We have a beautiful prophetic ministry and if you failed giving a prophetic word, that's actually a good thing. As long as you're underneath a father that's gonna help you grow in what that looks like. And, begin, and you've got to be correctable and adjustable to it, right? Like the beauty of the prophetic gifting is like a, a good example of like train and equip. Like I can equip you, lay hands on you and give you a prophetic gifting. But until I train you, you could hurt somebody with that. Like there's a difference between train and equip. And fathers and mothers are the ones that do this. They raise their kids up in the way they should go. Like let's, let's, let's equip you with a bike. Go have fun. No, 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 no. Now let me come beside you and hold you while you learn, while you grow. This is great. What if the kid's like, no, I can do it myself? Probably so. You see, this is a two-part two experience. I need to be influenceable and teachable and correctable and guidable. I need to allow someone in to see me and know me, call out the gifts, call out the gold, call out, mine the things that are in there and empower them and correct and guide and direct them. Like we need, we need all of this. And I need fathers that are doing this. Like, like this is probably the, this is, we've talked about sonship a lot, but we haven't talked about fathers and mothers and what it looks like to be one because fathers and mothers have to do this. We have to dive into people's lives. We have to dive into their lives to get to know them, to know what the gold and, and mine the talents, but also the emotional health and mental health and spiritual health. Like this is the fathers and mothers responsibility to raise children up in the way they should go. And, and, and I can't be so, uh, uh, such a friend that I'm not gonna be willing to confront them. We've heard the story of David and Absalom and like you don't have an Absalom without a David. His inability to confront his son caused the son's rebellion. Like we, 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 we can't be afraid of this because it's in love that we actually confront and guide. Now we may need some tools Thank God for great brave communication and kingdom confrontation and all the things, right? Keep your love on, like all the stuff. It's such helpful tools in training and doing what we're describing because we, we currently have this experience of what I'm talking about. And that's not gonna work out when we start talking about the perfect picture of what this is supposed to be. I have to grow, which means I might have to let someone teach me. I might have to let someone guide me and learn me 
in a way that I haven't learned before to communicate and to, to express uh, uh, my, to open up. I might not even be able to open up. We're talking, this is a big topic, yeah? But there's this beautiful two-part thing and fathers and mothers also act as sons and daughters too. And sons and daughters will grow up to be fathers and mothers, but it won't change that they're still sons and daughters. If it ever gets to the point that as a father, I stop being influenceable and teachable and correctable to fathers around me, in other words, posturing myself as a son, then I will have become an orphan. And what will orphans reproduce? Orphans. And we're, getting, we're, we're breaking the cycle. We're breaking the design that God has created in family for the purpose of, I want to pour myself out onto the earth through a wineskin that looks like family. So the challenge, there's a ch challenge for us as fathers and mothers is going to be to grow. Will, will we begin to go on a journey of experiencing fathers and mothers allowing people into our lives that are going to do what I'm describing? You know, when I first came into kind of our kingdom culture environment, you know, some of you guys know my story. Like, I didn't grow up with a mom. <clears throat> um, I had, you know, I, I had a, a, a couple motherly influences, but um, I, I didn't grow up with a mom in the house. Um, my dad was my stepdad. I didn't, I'd have never known my biological father. My dad was, it was just him and me and my brother, so it was just kind of us boys. And, uh, and he, he was never really at home. And, and when he was, he wasn't emotionally there, you know, just very much typical man, right, that you would think of. And so, so I came with a lot of deficits. Still some I'm working through. <laughs> and I'm like, I come into an environment and I begin to experience the love of spiritual fathers that began to hug me, pour into me, call stuff out of me. Like, I remember just melting into a father's, uh, Papa Dave's uh, uh, heart and like, pour, like melting into his chest as he just like loved me. Physical affection from a man experiencing love as he's just whispering encouragement. I appreciate you. I see you. I value you. And I'm just like, never had this happen in my life. And I'm getting rocked. And I'm hearing the Lord. This is the natural experience of what the Father's love. I'm getting a natural experience of the Father's love. And it started causing healing inside of me that I began to get healed from deficits that I didn't even know were there or that I thought I had gotten over. And it doesn't end because I had that encounter. Like I've got a, I, you know, a life of, of stories like this where fathers and mothers have poured into me confronted me, corrected me, but invested in me, called me up and called me out, empowered me. Not just said I was amazing, but said here, I want to see your amazing happen here. And it doesn't end. And I think this is the challenge that we have as we grow and what it looks like to be fathers and mothers is, will we 
Will we, will we respond? Will we adjust when we get a father or mother that pours into us? So I told this story a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> um, I'm back here setting up waters one day, um, and uh, I'm setting up waters, and Papa Ron comes over, and, and he says, uh, hey, are you running? You guys, if you don't know, I run, my wife and I, we run, and uh, I sometimes run. She mostly runs. <laughs> and, uh, and so he goes, hey, are you running? And I'm like, um, no, I've, I've actually had to back out of a couple races this summer. Um, yeah, it's been kind of hard, you know, because I just put my time elsewhere. And he goes, well, I don't like to see you running. Like, it's your hobby. It's what you love to do. You see what's taking place in this moment? Is, is there's a father. <laughs> the fathers and mothers are around you if you can see them. And I know it's, I know it's on him. It's the anointing of a father is on him. I'm like, there's a father who's diving in. And I didn't invite him. I didn't say, Ron, I want you to come speak into my life whenever you feel it. He's being a dad. And I have a decision in this moment. Will I be a son? This is the challenge, guys. This is where it happens. It happens in incremental decisions in the moment. Will we adjust? Will we respond? And he says, I, I, I like to say, I'm like, ah, oh, you're right. I do. And then he, then he gives me a hug. And he says, I don't like to see you overwhelmed. I didn't tell him I was overwhelmed. I hope this is okay, Ron. I'm sure it is. <laughs> right? Like, I didn't tell him that, but a father sees it. He sees what I can't see. Isn't this right? Our kids don't always see what's around them, but fathers and mothers do. And he says, I don't like to see you overwhelmed. He says, I want you to go. He goes, go home and rest today. And so you know what I did? I have this choice. Will I be a son or will I just push through it because we got stuff to do, which is going to be what I do. <laughs> and he probably knows that. And so I have a choice. And so I go home and I consciously am thinking, I, I'm going to rest. Oh, I got to do this, this or that. Nope. I think I just laid on the couch and watched football or something. I can't even remember. But I'm like, no, I'm going to adjust to the feedback. I'm going to adjust to the care and concern, the love of a father. I'm going to make a decision that changes my behavior because I'm going to respond to what I know a father has said. Will we do this? And it didn't end there throughout the whole week and weeks and still that's resonating in my head. Will I adjust? Will I rest? Will I make time for this? I need to make some shifts because a father began to speak in and I get the choice to be a son in this moment. And I want to tell you, if I can be a son in that moment and adjust, I, not only do I reap the benefit of a father, but I also get to go to some place that I hadn't been. And not only that, now I get to be a father different because I've experienced what a father looks like. I've had an experience of someone caring. And now I, we have our story, we have our history, but we can overcome it by gaining the new experiences of what fathering and mothering looks like and then behaving different when I'm pouring into my kids or my spiritual sons and daughters. Like now I have a choice to, ooh, care like that. Care enough to say something in, in love. I mean, it was dripping with love. There wasn't an ounce of conviction or like condemnation or guilt. It was just love. It was, yes, you're right. Okay, 
I got story after story after story. I really wanted to tell you a bunch of stories. I didn't get into a bunch of stories, but <laughs> of, of what I'm describing, because this is a lifestyle. This isn't like we learn something and then now we got a new thing and we do it. It's a lifestyle of being a son. It's a lifestyle of being a father. It's a lifestyle of investing into people, pouring our lives into people, and letting others do it to us. And we see this picture happen through all the Bible. Jesus with the disciples and the disciples on to apostles and then become apostles that are doing it with sons and daughters, raising them up. And, and there's a call for us to do this. It has been for centuries. There's a call for us to be fathers and mothers that look like the father. Would you guys stand? So I just want to charge you guys. Let me close your eyes. Just want to charge you guys. Let's be the fathers and mothers and let's be sons and daughters that begin to spark a movement that changes what family in church looks like. Let's be fathers and mothers that create safe places for people to show up. Let's be sons and daughters that allow people to invest in us and call us up, call us out. Yeah, I feel like what's being sparked this morning is just like, almost like I can see the ball of string being yanked and, and, the, and the ball is now just unraveling. And I feel like the Lord is just unraveling what we have experienced family to be and he's getting ready to build in us the new expression of kingdom family. And so Lord, this is the beginning. So Lord, we say yes and amen. We say yes and amen to what you're unraveling in our hearts, Lord. We just respond to the, to the call that you have on our lives to be fathers and mothers, to be sons and daughters, to begin to pour our lives into people, to give them our heart before we give them what we know. We say yes and amen, Lord. We say yes and amen. We say yes and amen to what you're doing, Lord. I say, keep unraveling, keep unraveling. And Lord, we just begin to release a grace to be uh, 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 for trust, that we would be able to trust to do this at all. Lord, we just release a grace that we would risk opening our hearts to people around us and hope that they'll protect it when we have experiences that are hurtful. Lord, we just thank you for the call that you would just ask us as the body of Christ to be a family, to, be, to build a ceiling that our sons and daughters can start from. We thank you for the privilege. We thank you for the, the trust that you have in us. And Lord, I say, 
Keep unraveling and speak to our hearts, Lord. I know there's grace on it. Keep speaking to our hearts, Lord. Yeah, we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Right on. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.